episode 138 of Divided by Werewolves. Happy New Year. Happy 2022 or 2020 part three. <laughs> Smell like it. Um, this is our, our first show of the year. It Although we are still kind of looking back on uh, 2021, but this is one of my favorite shows to do every year where we get to kind of look back on um, all of the movies uh, that we watched the year before. So this is the first year that I started um, logging uh, movies in Letterboxd. And I, I have you to thank for that because, you know, in previous years I had to do this weird song and dance where I like looked at my Plex server and then I had to look on like the shows that we did, and I knew things were. And you were like, "Yeah, I just log on Letterbox," and so I started doing that, yeah. and it makes life so much easier. Yeah, you know, before before I kind of got, I I think I had an account, but I never used it. Yeah. And before I would write the movies down in a notebook that I kept. Uh huh. Uh, Cause I have a, I have like a, a book bag that I carry around everywhere and, and, and I keep a notebook in there. And so I would keep up with the movies that way. Mm-hmm. And, but then I, you know, I used to drink a lot and so I would forget to write shit down and, you yeah. know, or whatever. And then, uh, it just made sense. I was like, I have this letterbox. You can make lists. And I was like, how much easier is that? Cause I always have my phone, even if I yeah. don't have my, like I've got my phone. So, yeah. And I mean, there was a few that like, I forgot to do. Um, mm. like, like, especially towards the end of the year, but it makes life so much easier. And so for me, I ended up with like 199 films, nice. which I, I thought I watched a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't realize. Yeah. And, and then a bunch of those though were like rewatches. Cause like Lynn and I, we try to watch a movie every Saturday night and then I watch a movie pretty much every day while like I'm working and whatnot. Um, and then I watch stuff, you know, kind of independent of that. But like, like we rewatched all the Fast and Furious movies because F9 was coming out, you know. But like, we rewatched all the Matrix movies. I didn't log those because eh, I didn't really need to. But like, you know, a lot of the Saturday mo- night movies that she and I watched, there was a bunch of movies. I need to do better about logging rewatches. Um, you know, because sometimes you'll hear like somebody mention like, oh, Event Horizon on Twitter. You're like, fuck yeah, I should rewatch Event Horizon, right? You know, shit like that. Um, like, I watched all of the Godzilla movies, you know, all of the, the Shoho era Godzilla movies, like, kind of leading up to, um, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. And it's like, you know, I mean, I was banging out, like, two or three. I mean, they're, like, less than 90 minutes long. It's like, I was fucking cranking out, like, two or three of those a day. Like, <laughs> you know, just, like, put it on the background while I'm working. It's like, guys in rubber suits fighting it out. Fantastic, right? Like, but... um but that was a yeah, lot. I was kind of. Su- we talked about it before. Like I said, I only, I really only log first time watches. But this year, like my previous record was something like ninety six uh, first time watches since I've been doing this, and I was up to one hundred and fifty six or seven this year, which is crazy because I feel like I didn't watch as much this year for some reason. But I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't quite double it, but like, you know, it's fifty eight more movies than I've previously done. So, it's yeah. Just and- and that's the thing like i you know i i i always i mean people are like how can you focus on work when you have a movie on the background and it's because 
for years and years, I have had to play video games while watching TV at night because otherwise I'd fall asleep. So I've kind of learned how to keep... <laughs> and I mean, am I constantly like getting everything? No, but it's enough to at least go... Hey, yeah, like I really like that, and that's why, like, or, or I didn't. And it's like a lot of the stuff I watch sometimes is is rewatches because, you know, I've seen, you know, Event Horizon several mm-hmm. times, or or I've seen, you know, like whatever. Like when I watch, you know, I saw Shang Chi in the theater, and then I watch it at home. Well, I, it's a just background at that point, right? Like, yeah. But it's like I still am able to focus on everything well enough to to pull stuff from it um, oh sure i used to do it when i would draw that was my thing like yeah high stuff you know i would i would be on the bed or at a, at a desk in front of a drawing pad but i'd have a movie on you know or whatever yeah and i yeah. you know and i would you kind of know when things are coming so if you want to pay attention you stop and exactly look yeah yeah and i mean what i do for a living is not difficult it's like sometimes too it's like <laughs> if i'm writing code it's like i need something to just kind of like, I don't know, filter out everything else to where I can just kind of like, but anyway. Um, so the usual rules apply. These are not necessarily the best movies that came out in uh, 2021. Although for me, most of them, uh, I think there's like one notable exception that did not. Um, but, you know, we, we oftentimes will start a year watching movies that made it on the best of lists of other people from the previous year. So, you know, a lot, uh, you know, there are times when we, we start, and then also the way, especially with COVID, it's been such a weird thing where things being staggered or something technically might have premiered at a festival the year before, Mm -hmm. but didn't make it to where we could see it uh, until later in the year. So it's just, it's the things that, that we watch, we watch, although, you know, we also try to be like, Oh, I watched this horror movie from the seventies. It's like, "Eh," you know, (laughs) so, although, so, um, okay. So I guess, and we're not going to do like a countdown, like this is number 15 and my number one movie of the year is like, whatever. Right. So, um, all right. Why don't you, why don't you start? Cause I'm really excited to hear you. I, part of the reason why I like this show so much is because we watch a lot of the same movies, obviously, because we talk about them on the show, but we also watch a lot of movies that aren't the same, and mm. those movies bubble up in this show, so I get to kind of hear about stuff that you watch that I didn't watch at all, and then vice versa. So, Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting one, because for the first time, uh, I have a lot that we didn't talk about on the Me show. Me because- too so many damn screeners and it's funny because there ain't a screener on this list but we put so much time of the show into those screeners and i don't have a single one of those written down i don't think so. um i have one i have one screener okay now that i'm looking at it yeah and one of these might be and i just don't remember i honestly can't remember where we saw all these things i'm gonna try yeah i have i have i have one yeah okay Okay, uh, so I'll so I'll go first. Uh, this first one is one that uh, we didn't talk about on the show. Uh, and I think it was on Netflix. Uh, Blood Red Sky. Okay, uh, I it, haven't. Uh, is that the airplane one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Die Hard. Yes. Uh, vampires. And or it's like um Red Eye. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, with vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and man, I had a ball with this movie. It yeah. is it is gory. Yes, uh, it is. It is the kind of vampire that I like. Mm-hmm. He, it's your you know, thirty days of night vampire. Yes, uh, she is not wearing a frilly shirt no. and and moping around. She is kicking ass. Yeah, and and uh, man, it was just. I I saw the runtime and I and I almost hit play on it so many times, but it was like two hours or maybe a little yeah. over that. And I thought, man, I don't know if this premise is going to keep me entertained for two hours, but holy shit, it did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super fun movie. Yes. Yeah. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, and it's funny because one of my favorite movies this year is a Netflix movie. So, which I was really surprised because kind of historically speaking, Netflix is like their original stuff has not been great. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, um, okay. So one of my favorite movies this year, and this is one we actually watched in January, um, was, uh, St. Maud. Um, so, so we watched a lot of nun exploitation movies, I guess, uh, this year. And, and so St. Maud was, you know, just this absolutely fantastic, um, kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, exploration of, of, of this young woman's kind of, you know, descent into madness, so to speak, by kind of fixating on on, on a, individuals and also bringing the religious kind of part into it and her feeling like she's having this, like, kind of a religious experience and then the way that manifests itself, um, you know, written and directed by, by Rose Glass, but then, you know, like, Morphid Clark, I probably just kind of completely shattered her name uh, as Maud just did an absolutely amazing job. Like, so like of all the nun movies we watched this year, and this was like the year of nun movies, like, and she wasn't really a a nun, but still like this, this was the one for me. Um, It was just absolutely amazing because it really blurred that line where you didn't know what was something she genuinely was seeing and what, like as a religious thing and what was something that was more like some kind of like, psychotic break or whatever but just absolutely fantastic yeah i agree that one made my list as well it was pretty high up on the on the year for me um just because like you said uh the performances and then it's just when like i think of the ending it's just mm-hmm. the only the word that comes to mind is like haunting yeah uh, you know yeah. because of just that and and such a mic drop of an ending too man it, it sticks with you yeah Absolutely. A thousand percent. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, next for me, I'll do another Netflix. Actually, I think it was a Netflix. Um, I know it's on Netflix, but I think it d- premiered there. It's um, Alexander Aja's uh, Oxygen. See, uh, and, that, and that's one I have not. I, I heard great things about it, and I, I did not watch it. I haven't watched it. It's on my list. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I, I knew nothing about it other than he did it. He wrote and directed it. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and it's it's you know about it's it's like um that Ryan Reynolds buried movie almost where it all takes place in one place. It's in this she's in this like so this woman wakes up in like this cryo sleep thing in a in a space station um, before she is scheduled to awaken. There's some kind of accident happens. Uh, she has no memory of who she is, and the only kind of um, Basically, all she has to talk to is the cryo chamber itself, and it's mm-hmm. like it's telling her constantly how much air she has left. Oh, uh, 
And uh, it's always it's, it keeps asking her over and over again, would she like some sedation so she can die in peace? <laughs> I forget how it words it, but it asks her at least 50 times, would you care for sedation for, you know, so you could die, without, you know, in peace? And uh, and she's trying to piece together, you know, where she is, who she is, uh, why she's in the situation she's in while the whole time there's a countdown going mm-hmm. And, you know, the it's it's obviously not like modern, so it's sort of in the future because, like I said, this this chamber is talking to her and it does all these things, and it has, you know, she figures out that it can make phone calls and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then and it has a pretty interesting twist to it, um, which I really liked. Um, it wasn't like the most original thing I'd ever seen, but it's just a, a fantastic movie, and and it requires. And I didn't look it up. Sorry, I don't know her name, but the actress, you know, kind of has to carry the movie because she's literally the only character. So uh, it's really, really good, really suspenseful kind of, kind of a thriller. Mm-hmm. Not, a horror, but really good movie. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's on my. Like I said, it's on my list. Um, okay, so this next one for me is probably one of the funniest, silliest, dumbest movies I watched this year, and that is Barb and Star Go to oh. Vista Del Mar. Yeah, um, not only this, but man, I love that movie. Such an just an absurdist, ridiculous, like with everything. I, I mean, just to have, just at, like Kristen Wiig and and um, Annie Mumolo, if that's how you pronounce her name, just do an amazing job. Like they are dumb, but not like you don't. It's like they they just thread that line of. Like you don't feel bad for them, you don't look down on it. You're just—it's just so funny and and stupid, and I mean, and it just—I laughed. I like I laughed at times so hard that I thought I was gonna throw up. Yeah. Uh, and it was just so funny and just ridiculous. And I mean, it was just exactly what I like, what I needed. Like my wife didn't find it as funny as I did. Mm. which is not uncommon at times, but I, there were so many scenes, you know, and fucking Jamie Dornan. I mean, he just was just fucking hilarious in it. Like I, I just laughed so hard at so much of this movie and it was so stupid, but I loved it. And they, the two leads, they just fucking went for like, they weren't, their performances, they weren't, they weren't pandering. They were, they were just absolutely genuine in the, in in the portrayal of these, these two women. And it just, it just made me laugh so much. I know. I, I've got to rewatch it. I, Cause I know, yeah. like, I don't remember a lot of it anyway, but I mean, I, I was laughing so hard at some of it. I know I missed jokes. Like it was one yes. of those kind of- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I definitely want to revisit that. Okay, next for me, I'm going to do I'm going to switch over to Shudder. Uh this is a Russian movie that I watched. Um I can't remember I'd seen it on Shudder plenty of times and then somebody finally ended up saying it was really good, so I, I hit play on it at work one day. And that's Super Deep. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really really cool movie. It's uh it's a Russian, like I said, Russian movie, but it's weird um because the language spoken language is English yes. and it's not, it's not dubbed, but it almost sounds like it's dubbed. Right. Right. <laughs> so it was a, a weird choice, I think to make, to have done that. Um, but the movie is about this, um, this Russian, I guess she's some kind of scientist uh, yes. who's brought in by the, the military to go to the earth's core because there's, it's almost like an underwater kind of movie, but it's the center of the earth kind of thing. Uh, and shit has gone sideways down there and, and she's brought in kind of to, to go down and, 
and see what happened and stuff like that. Um, but man, there's some like, and, and like I said, the performances are kind of all over the place mm-hmm. because English is the spoken language and it sounds super awkward, but right. Once you get into it, you kind of, you kind of get used to it, but man, there is some like seriously fucked up body horror in this thing. Yes. Yeah. Really creature stuff that yeah. I won't spoil once you get, obviously if you've seen Zygote, I think the person that made this movie also has seen Zygote, but, uh, but it's, it doesn't make it any less cool, you know, to, to see that type of creature again. But man, yeah. it's some really cool creature stuff. And, and I just, again, it's one that was like almost like two hours, but I, I just right. was enthralled with it the whole time. Yeah. I really. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, that is that. And I watched that one based on your recommendation. Um, it was, it was pretty good. Um, Okay, so this next one for me, I mean, there's actually, I, I had a hard time between this one and Encanto, and, and so I probably would lump them together. And that is um, Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, mm. So, you know, it's really rare would we get a kind of a quote-unquote Disney princess movie where the princess is allowed to fuck up and be angry and, and make mistakes um, and and kind of lash out based on her circumstances, um, and and that's exactly kind of what we we get in 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 Raya and in the Last Dragon. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, Raya is is kind of on this journey to you know kind of find the Last Dragon, um, and because um, all all the dragons have kind of sacrificed themselves um, to save humanity, so um, you know all these the monsters that the the dragons have sacrificed themselves to fight have kind of come back. Um, and it is kind of up to Raya to find the last dragon and, and stop them. And she makes really awful choices because she's upset and she's angry. And it was like really refreshing to, I mean, Disney princesses are great, but I think for young girls, like, you know, or in young boys, you know, anyone who kind of looks at them as role models, like they really do kind of limit kind of like the way that you can kind of feel. And like, this felt like a genuinely like kind of human character and amazing voice work from Kelly Marie Tran, who went through the fucking ringer, uh, you know, as, uh, as Rose in, in the star Wars movies for no good reason at all, other than people just being racist shitbirds. So it was really great to see her kind of, you know, kind of do an amazing vocal work and, and, and Aquafina as Sisu, who's, who's the last dragon. Um, Fantastic voice work um, uh, across the board. A great animation, um, and then also kind of showing, you know, that kind of like, um, um, you know, kind of Indon. I don't know if it was Indonesian, but that kind of like area of the world, um, you know, um, style and 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 mythology and that type of thing. Uh, it was it was really really good, and then kind of on a side note, like Encanto is also fantastic. Like uh, you know, kind of bring you know, sent Columbia and and um, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, who was on Brooklyn Nine Nine, amazing vocal performance, amazing vocal performances along the way. The reason I think Ryan the Last Dragon for me takes kind of the cake is that I I like Lin Manuel Miranda. I think he's great. I love his work, but he did the songs for Encanto and a lot of them sound very Lin Manuel Miranda ish. So like I was like I especially cuz like I listen to Hamilton like all the time at home, not because it's like 
it's it's more just because like I can't think of something to listen to. It's like all right, listen to Hamilton. So like as soon as I started hearing the music and then concert, I was like, wait a minute. And then when I saw his name at the end, I was like, okay, that's it. And like, but like it, they're both fantastic movies, but like I think for different reasons. So I I really would definitely kind of kind of put them together. But Ryan the Last Dragon was was great. Like definitely nice. definitely worth watching. Yeah, that's one thing this year I, I'm looking – just thinking back. I mean, I, animation is one thing I did have almost none of this year, and that's not like me. Usually I watch several things. but Yeah, I'm really pissed at myself that I didn't watch Luca because I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, well, same here. I got I got a lot of catching up to in that regard. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next for me is another one that I watched on Netflix. Big year for Netflix. Um, it's called uh, No One Gets Out Alive. Um, don't even know why I clicked on it. Really, to be honest, I, I, think about I, it. that sounds really familiar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know why I clicked on it. Honestly, it was just the new Netflix hotness, and and I get so tired of scrolling through fifteen different yes. services. And Shutter was kind of dry, uh, and so I went over to Netflix to see what the horror movies were on there, and I I just clicked on it thinking it probably would be you know something to waste 90 minutes uh but holy shit this movie was fucking great uh it's about this woman um this younger girl uh from mexico who's who's in the states illegally i think they said she was in cleveland mm-hmm. i remember uh, her mom ends up passing away she has no money she has no papers you know no family kind of thing um but she does have family that, that plays in later but it's 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 like an uncle who's, but he's way out of where she's at and stuff. Like anyway, basically she's in a bad, in bad shape, uh, and she works at like a sweatshop kind of sewing plant or whatever, and mm-hmm. and she loses her job and she loses her apartment, and so she ha- she goes and stays at this, um, I don't know, it's not, it's not like a shelter, but like it's just, it's this weird. You automatically get weird vibes from the dude mm-hmm. as soon as she's there because he's like, you know, you could stay here to this much. Uh, it's super cheap. Uh, only women, you know, are allowed in the building. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I go, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, things go sideways uh, with this guy. Um, and it goes to, and you think it's going a certain way. Um, and it's almost like Last Night in Soho kind of thing where she yeah. starts visited by these like spirits and and you think and you're just like oh shit it's just like a haunted thing and the dude's gonna end up being you know the bad guy or whatever right right and uh man when it gets to the end it fucking goes in a direction that i did not expect in the slightest and it fucking just like it blew my mind i was like holy shit like i did not see this coming at all uh and i certainly don't want to spoil the end but uh there, there's a a super weird. Uh, it takes a super weird twist at the end that I thought was fucking great. Uh-huh. I had a really good time with this one. Awesome. Um, okay, so my next one is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, mm. which was a fucking absolute powerhouse movie. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is Fred Hampton, and then Lakeith Stanfield is Bill O'Neill, the informant that um, essentially. Um, you know, kind of inform the FBI to raid the Black Panthers and murder in their beds uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, or sorry, Fred Hampton, and, and a bunch of other Black Panthers. Uh, you know, kind of the big thing at the Academy Awards that happened is is that they basically said, well, neither one of these guys are up for lead performances, you know, even though they both, you know, kind of carried the movie. Just <laughs> fucking 
absolutely amazing performances, heartbreaking because of the way in which, you know, we saw the FBI pit these, these two guys together. Um, and, you know, just really such a, I mean, horrific, you know, time and stain on, on, you know, American history is, is, is the way that they just essentially assassinated these people, um, simply because they were afraid of them. Um, Mm. but, but absolute powerhouse performance. Like, I mean, Daniel Clue, obviously, in like Get Out and you know Black Panther, he's fantastic. And Lakeith Stanfield, you know, whom I I originally found in Atlanta, but sorry to bother you, like if you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, that movie is fucking weird as fuck, but it is amazing. And these two guys are so goddamn good in this movie. Like, they honestly both should have won an award. Uh, I mean, they were they're absolutely fantastic. Um, hard watch, kind of in the same way that like, um, oh shit, that Spike Lee joint. Um, that with um, Denzel Washington's kid, I forget his name, uh, where he about the guy who infiltrated the KKK um, mm-hmm. as a black guy, like he kind of voiced um, this other guy. Um, it's like America KKK or something. I don't know, I forget what it's called. Uh, yeah. In the same way that, like, it, I mean, it's just a punch to the gut, but I mean, it was amazing. Just absolutely amazing movie. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. That was on my list, but I haven't seen it yet. All right. Uh, next up for me, um, I'll do uh, Synchronic. Yes. Watched early this year. Um, the new joint from Benson and Moorhead, two of our mm-hmm. favorites. Um, you know, they just they never disappoint. Uh, you know, fantastic movie. They're they're like, they have big ideas. Yeah. And uh, you know, and this is their biggest idea. <laughs> um, but I thought Anthony Mackie was fantastic. Yep. Jamie Dorman too. Jamie Dorman. Yep. Yep. Also great. Um, love the time travel stuff. Yep. Love the uh, man. You, you talk about uh, being afraid for a character that you you have become very attached to when Anthony yep. Mack goes back to certain. Yes. Like oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like please Lord not like this you know kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and like I said, we watch everything they do, and and they're amazing filmmakers, and and this was no exception. Really, and we saw it like super early this year, I remember. But yeah. I remember thinking, man, is this like the best thing I'll see all all year already? Like, yeah, <laughs> saw it like January or February. It's February, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be tough for this to be top this year, and it and it was. You know, it was it was one of my absolute favorites of the year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, okay, so so the next one for me is is one of my top. If I know we said we weren't doing like top ten, but easily one of my top three movies this year, and that is The Empty Man. Um, so actually came out in 2020, but heard some kind of rumblings about it at the beginning of 2021. And you know, if you watch the trailer, it seems just like kind of like a Candyman, you know, Bloody Mary knockoff. Oh, you go to a bridge and you blow in a bottle and you say the Empty Man's name. But it is such a mind fuck of a movie. Um, David Pryor, the director. He, you know, it was kind of based on a Boom Studios graphic novel, which I read, and I mean, there's some kind of stuff to it, but like, he just makes this movie that just starts this one place, goes another place, ends up in a completely different place, and all hinges on a fucking just absolutely fantastic performance by James Badgedale. And I mean, (laughs) this movie's creepy as fuck, but 
you know, James, he plays this guy named James LaSombra, and you feel for James, you, 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 you are in his shoes. There's times when James sees all these cultists, and he actually goes, oh, fuck that, and turns around to run, and you're like, that is exactly what I do. Thank God yep. someone in a movie would, is doing exactly what I do. But such a mind fuck of a movie, and I mean, it's two and a, almost two and a half hours long, and you think to yourself, oh, man. But I mean, it is just so creepy and disturbing and just absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was high on the year for me. Probably top three for me too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's one of those things I really want to watch it again. Yeah. But you know the it, it, everything is so good up until the very very ending, and then I yeah. just kind of eh, okay, like kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the ending. I, 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 I like. It yeah. didn't fall flat, but I just I was so into it. Uh, where it ended up going, I was just kind of like, oh man, it was so good. Yeah. Up you know, kind of, it kind of didn't stick the landing for me as, as well as I hoped, but still, I, I didn't dislike it. I just, right. Right. You know, cool. Uh, all right. So next, so I'm taking that one off. All right. <laughs> uh, next for me is another one we did not do on the show. Uh, censor. Yep. And the Rip, reason we, we didn't do censor on the shows, I think it was like, a, it was kind of towards the end of the year and there's like a lot of shit that we were trying to, to do. And, and that was one of the ones I think that fell by the wayside. Yeah, that and like I said, the, all those damn screeners that we've watched. Yeah, uh, it, it was a, unfortunately a victim of, of circumstance, but uh, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't know if I'm not familiar with this director, and really not of anybody that's in it. But uh, um, it's about this woman who works for the British censor board. Like I think it took place in the '80s, if I remember. It did. Like, yeah, when they. Um... Uh, the panic about the video nasties in, in yeah. Britain. Yeah. So it was kind of her job to be like, oh, cut this eye gouge out, cut this out, this, that, and the other thing. Right. Uh, and so she's watching these films, and this one particular filmmaker, she gets one of this guy is known for kind of these underground, particularly nasty movies. And she thinks she sees her sister who has gone missing in the movie, and she kind of starts. Yep looking for his other movies and things like that and, and obsessing over it. And, uh, you know, things kind of go from there. Uh, I thought like, this is another one where it's so good and I was so into it. And the ending I thought was kind of, me too. It, did, it didn't really land where I wanted it to, but it didn't take away from how much. I enjoyed everything leading up to the end. Yeah. And that's kind of why it did end up on my list is because I really, I was not a fan of the ending at all. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Like I said, it just didn't. It just everything before it was so good. It, it certainly didn't didn't go where I want, hoped it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the next one for me is a Netflix movie uh, and another animated movie, and that is the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yes, sir. All mine uh, as well. <laughs> um, just a fantastic animated film. I mean, it's it's funny. Um, it, it's it's. You know, it's about a family deciding to do a road trip because their daughter gets into college, um, and she wants to go and be like a. She makes YouTube videos and and well, she makes films that she puts on YouTube. She's not a YouTuber per se, uh, and her dad like has a really hard time kind of connecting with her because he just genuinely kind of doesn't understand YouTube and doesn't understand what she wants to do and thinks, oh, well instead of her just kind of getting on a bus or getting on a plane to go to college, we'll drive across country, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her family, and then aliens come, and it's like, 
it's hilarious to see, first of all, the way that, like, the aliens enslave people by just, like, cutting the Wi-Fi and then putting pods down and say, free yeah. Wi-Fi, and everybody, like, zombie walks <laughs> to it, which is hilarious. But it was like, you know, at the end of the day, what it's about is a father, you know, realizing that he doesn't understand his kid, and that upsets him, and he, he has a chance to make it right. So he's going to do that. Um, and I have, you know, my kids are grown. My son moved out this year. My daughter is, you know, she's in her junior year and I don't understand them. And that's fine because they're in different mm-hmm. points of their life. But it's like that, that feeling of, I don't get why you want to do these things, but I want to try. Yeah. I, you know, I want to, I want to make an effort to understand, um, you know, that, that type of stuff. But also it's fucking hilarious. It's hilarious with the dog and the way that, you know, yes. it's just, it's, it's, it's a really, really well done, heartfelt, yeah, hilarious film. Um, yeah, especially that, man. It, it really, it really hit me hard, you yeah. know, because I'm smack dab in the middle, like you said, I mean, I'm smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, having, you know, been alone with the kids for so long and, and now they're growing up and yeah. it's almost like strangers in the house and I'm yeah. just like, Wait, but you used to like to do this. What's why? What's going on? Right. And they're just, oh my god, dude. And they're back yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shit. What do I do now? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, oh man, I really. And it just came out on Blu-ray. I, it came in last week, like right before Christmas. So I was oh, excited nice. to, to get the blue in. I'm gonna. It's got some bonus stuff on there. I'm excited to get into because I love. I just love that movie. Mm. Cool. All right. Uh, next for me, I'll do one. I think I like this movie more than anyone else on the planet. Uh, I, I mean, you, I know you liked it too, but man, I just had a fucking blast with the death of Dick Long. It, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, I laughed, dude. I laughed so hard. I mean, we just talked about it. So I'm not going to yeah. get super or whatever, but, uh, fucking hilarious. Mike, Mike Abbott's performance was mm. one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, just dude absolutely nailed you know almost the innocence and stupidity of most of the people that live where i live yeah and watching him and the other guy his buddy you know attempt to beat a rap that they didn't they weren't even going to get it's like yeah. for, for this ridiculous movie it was just so good yeah nice um okay so my next one is a, a little known film i think and that it came out in 2020 but and that is the dry uh, so i love eric banna i love eric mm. banna i think he's a fantastic actor who just does not get his due and so the dry um he plays a guy named um aaron falk who is kind of like a federal investigator um in australia and comes back to his hometown because um his his childhood best friend seemingly killed himself but also murdered um his his whole family um but when he's there it reopens this wound where one of their friends had gone missing both him and his friend had been suspected of having something to do with her but at the same time this town has this like drought and it's just it's one of those like saw like it's just a slow burn whodunit just full of fantastic performances and eric banner just does fucking fantastic work like i highly highly recommend folks Mm -hmm. kind of seeking out this movie and watching it because it is it's it's absolutely great just great performances 
Uh, it's like it'll keep you guessing kind of the entire time. And the best part is for me, it didn't end in a way that felt cheap where some rando walks in and you're like, he did it. And you're like, who the oh, fuck is yeah. this guy? Right. right. But it just absolutely great. Highly recommend it. Nice. I, I remember, I never saw it, but I remember, I remember you seeing posters or a trailer. Or yeah, something. yeah. 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 I like yeah. him too. I just, I just never watched it. Yep. Um, all right, cool. So this next one for me is prob. I was, I was thinking about this when I was making the list. This probably is the most fun I had with a movie all year. Uh, I watched it multiple times. Mm-hmm. First week it was out, uh, and that's Godzilla vs Kong. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just, just God. Uh, you talk about just kids playing with toys in the backyard, slamming them together. Yeah. You know, like this is that movie like brought to life in the most grand and epic fashion um i love adam wingard i love every, yeah. every every movie he's done to some degree i i you know i'm gonna watch everything he does regardless but right this just getting to see him with this kind of movie is it was just you love to see it yeah and then you know he, he's you know he's he's from not far from here and oh, just, i didn't know that yeah i think it's georgia mm-hmm. um but because uh, like i don't know it was a whole thing but mikey Mikey's roommate used to be his roommate or some shit like that. And oh, like wow. films or something. Yeah. So, um, but man, you just, I know people had problems with it, but you, you give me that aircraft carrier scene. Like yeah. I'm done. I, that's it. The rest of the movie could, they, they both could have exited the film then. And I just been like, that was fucking great. Yeah. Like that, just that part alone. Um, right. Really love that movie. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely a spectacle. And I mean, it was, it was a weird movie because it's like so many movies, uh, were screening, you know, if you had the services. So that was one of the ones where, like, I was able to kind of watch it at home, and it was like, well, this is yeah. fucking cool. Like, I mean, it would have right. been amazing for me to see it on the big screen, and but I'm glad oh. I didn't see it on the big screen because I would have missed you not sitting next to me because that's absolutely a movie <laughs> we would have yeah, wanted to see together in Noonan. Um, yep. So, but it was also cool to be able to watch it at home. Yeah, I guess, and 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 multiple times. Like I guess I think yeah. I watched it three or four times. So yeah. Um, okay, so this next movie, when I said, oh, yeah, there was one screener on the list, and that's this one, and that's Werewolves Within. Um, oh, that's right. That was the screener. Yeah, okay. so so Josh Rubin's follow-up to um, Scare Me, um, you know, just based on a game, but like an absolute hilarious kind of whodunit of these crazy cast of characters in this small town. Is somebody a werewolf? Is somebody just fucking with people? Uh, abs- again, fantastic performances, hilarious, kind of kept you guessing until the end. Um, I was so excited when I got the email that we were getting a screener. Uh, I just was like, it, not because I wanted to see it before anybody else, but because I just wanted to see it. I was just so excited um, to, to to be able to see it. Um and you know um the guy uh hold on who was in it sam richardson he was also in um the tomorrow war and he was great in that movie but that movie was a piece of shit uh so it was really <laughs> nice to see him and i'm sure it's tomorrow war because it was on amazon prime and it showed the worst chris, it had the worst chris in it uh you know the people were probably would see him more in that than this which is a shame because he was fucking amazing in Werewolves Within, and Tomorrow War is such not a great movie, but 
absolutely if you have if you didn't see this one definitely check it out because it's it is funny and heartfelt uh with some pretty good um scares and and good creature stuff too so um definitely worth watching yeah yeah i really like that movie. that was that's that's another one that's really high on the year for me all right uh next up i'm gonna do lamb yeah you know, we, we just recently did um on the show so not not much else to say about it um if you want to kind of the deep dive it's it's one of the later episodes but mm-hmm. just a fucking weird a yes. you know but, but it, for it to be is such a slow burn and and to be as quirky and weird as it is i was i just sat there like almost hypnotized by it i mean know? we talked about it it's like a fairy tale yeah 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 um, one of my favorite endings of the year hands down yeah i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, okay, so this next one for me is probably going to be on your list too. Uh, it was also on Netflix, but released sequentially three Fridays in a row, and that is the Fear Street trilogy. Um, I loved these movies. You know, the first one being kind of a send up of like Scream and the '90 horror movies, and then the the, the second one being your '70s, you know, era, sorry, early '80s, you know, slasher movies, more like you know, definitely with the camp counselors. You know, um, you know, your Friday the Thirteenth, and um, and then you know, kind of going to to uh, Salem Witch Trials, uh, but just fantastic performances across the board. And despite these three movies needing to rely on each other to tell a complete story, they all felt did a very good job of being somewhat self-contained and being based on, even if they were more mature kids books they still were you know kind of young adult books but plenty of scares plenty of gore um just really great performances great sense of humor um and 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 just i you know i i couldn't wait for friday to be able to watch the next one and see kind of where where it ended up going yeah it was an amazing piece of work for the same director to have done all three of them that way yes they were all you know i mean the 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 middle one, seventy, I think it was seventy eight, whatever, seventy seven, maybe something like that. Yeah, that one was my favorite one of the three. Mm-hmm. Shock, you know, with the Friday Thirteenth connection, but uh, they were all absolutely fantastic. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, next for me, I'll do. Uh, well, so I heard this pronounced the different way, so I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Titan or <laughs> Teton. Is how I heard it pronounced. I always I, think of like it's like there was like a Saturday Night Live skit with um, I think it was Dan Aykroyd. He was like, it was like talking about it was like, is it talking about the painter Titian? But he's like Titty and T I T I A N. So like when he said that, like, that's the thing that jumped into my head. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. well, the same thing it applies here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is another late watch. I say Titan, but I always I get think, it right. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I had said Titan all year, but then somebody yeah. was like, it's Titan. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, is that what it is? Uh, but this is the new one from Julia DeCornell. DeCornell, how mm-hmm. do you say her name? The the wonderful filmmaker who gave us Raw, which yep. is my favorite movie of the year that it came out. Um, yep. This was not, not my favorite thing this year. Um, definitely, though, the most interesting thing I saw this yeah, year, I think. Yeah, it was, it was a ride. For sure, man. Exactly. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, if you like kind of Cronenbergian body mm-hmm. horror mixed with like 
I cars. Cars, <laughs> and then also like serial killer type of shit, and some intense family drama. Like yeah. it's it's a mixture of a lot. Of, it, it plays that way. It's it you, you like it gives you all the emotion. Like yeah, <laughs> in movie. So, um, and I thought you know it's funny. Like I thought um, uh, Vincent Linden, Vincent Linden, the guy mm-hmm. that was like the the dad. Yep. Ended up being like one of my favorite before again, one of my favorite performances of the year. Man, he just yeah. he just went for it. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, in in a circumstances that were just like, holy shit, I'd have been the fuck out of there. Like, even though it was his place, I'd have been like, Nope, you live here now. Like I'm fucking I'm gone. Fuck this. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, you know, I just just fantastic movie. Really yeah. like, I can't wait to see what she does next. After yeah. the Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay, so this next one is 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 absolutely probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, I think it was done an incredible disservice um, by the marketing, and maybe that was intentional. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is Nicolas Cage. You can't swing mm-hmm. a dead cat without hitting a new movie that Nicolas Cage has made. So maybe oh. when uh, after when they made this movie, they thought, oh well, what if we make people think that it's Nicolas Cage doing a John Wick, but instead of a dog, he's going after a pig. Um, mm-hmm. But in the movie's name is Pig. But instead, what it ends up being is this just absolutely amazing kind of meditation on grief and loss. And, you know, it's about a guy who, who had been part of the Portland food scene and then just essentially left it all behind due to a tragedy in his life. Goes out kind of in the woods, lives with this pig that helps find truffles, and then when she's taken, kind of heads back into that scene. And and part of why the pig is taken is fueled by pain and loss that Alan Arkin uh, experienced, and just his journey. And it just it, the way it weaves together how food can act as a door towards the past, based on how you how you link feelings and times and places with dishes and Mm -hmm. smells and tastes. Um, And I mean, you forget that Nicolas Cage is a really good actor. That's the thing. It's, it makes it so frustrating to see that he can still do, has the chops to do this. Yeah. But does shit like Willy's Wonderland. Or Prisoners (laughs) of the Ghost Land, right? Or even worse, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. And it's yeah. like you forget that he's legitimately one of the best actors working. He just yep. doesn't always get a chance to do it. And this movie was fucking great. It was fucking well, great. He almost doesn't want to, which which is. I so think he just does what he wants, and and yeah. you know, yeah. right? Know. But it's easier to act like a fucking lunatic than it is to put any effort, or you know what I mean? Like, and I wonder how much of that is because sometimes people cast him because they want that lunatic, and he's just like, "All right, sure. give the people what they want." But then he gets something like this, where we're like, "No, we don't. We want Nicholas. We want the Nicholas Cage from, you know, the unbearable lightness of, or not the, uh, you know, Moonstruck, or mm. um, oh shit, the, the the one being John Malkovich. He was in being John Malkovich, mm. right? Yeah." Um, you know, we want that Nicolas Cage, and then when that happens, he just is like, okay, well, I can, I still have that, I can still pull on yeah. that. But the majority of the stuff he gets is like, no, 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 no we want lunatic Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, let me, give me chug this bottle of vodka in my tidy whities in the bathroom. 
<laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 we're going to film that. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I just call this yeah. Tuesday, but sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so next on mine is... Um, It'll be a surprise to absolutely no one. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing I can say about it that hasn't been said. It's it's an improvement upon the, the theatrical, which I oh, didn't hate. Oh, a thousand hate. percent. You know, in, in every conceivable way. Um, yeah, it, you know, it says something about it, and it says something about me, I guess, uh, and, and my love for DC and the, these characters that, you know, it was, what, four, four hours and change? Yeah. And I think I watched it three times. The first couple of weeks it was out, I could watch it again right now. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Loved the added stuff with Cyborg. Um, I was really surprised as to how much humor was yeah. Zack Snyder's. I, yeah. I had always just, and, and I mean, that, that was bad on me, you know, because, you know, Joss Whedon is just fucking quip machine, even when it shouldn't be. <laughs> I just assumed I'll, so much of the levity was from him, and then there was, like, you know, I, I always think of the scene when, like, you know, Barry Allen, whatever, gets in Bruce Wayne's car, and he's like, "What's your superpower?" And Bruce Wayne's like, "I'm rich." And I'm like, yeah. I always thought that line was fucking hilarious, like, because it's true. Now, I wasn't a, you know, it, it's like I forgot how, like, how much levity was Zack Snyder's. Yeah. Um, but also for me, I think part of it too was like there was so much around it. I, I was just like happy that it finally kind of like stopped, but also like I was, I actually enjoyed the four hour way. And I re, cause I rewatched Justice League before it. And I was like, God, that movie is not great. But this one, I actually was like, this is really good. I wish they had chopped it up more into be like a mini series and more and less yeah. of like a, a movie. But I, I enjoyed it too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I, like I said, it's, you know, and I even like the, the shit at the end that's teasing, you know, uh, a movie we'll probably never get. But yeah. I even like that. You know, I loved, I call him Brad, Joe, whatever his name is, is Deathstroke. I fucking love that cast. Oh, yeah. Joe Man, 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 Angel, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, man. he's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So this next one for me is one that I was really, really excited to see, and it did not disappoint at all, and that is The Green Knight. Um, Dev mm, Patel yeah. giving just an absolute standout performance, and Alicia Vikander with multiple roles. Uh, you know, kind of David Lowry taking this, um, you know, classic British poem of you know, kind of the original slacker. You know, the Green Knight, Sir Gawain. He hasn't really done anything. Feels a need to kind of prove himself. And then on Christmas Day, when the Green Knight shows up, he gets in this contest with him, where he's like, Green Knight's like, "Hey, whatever you do to me, I'll be able to do to you a year from now." And and Gawain takes his fucking head off. So and then he spends a year. And you know, the thing about the poem is, you know, he's got this sash that protects him. So even when the Green Knight gives him back what he gave, he doesn't die, and he kind of has to live with that idea of like kind of tech. Technically, I cheated. And so, you know, this movie had so much amazing color work and imagery and just showing this 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 guy's, you know, journey, knowing he's going to die. And how does he deal with that? And how does he, you know, his and then and then the way they riff on Morgana, Morgan Le Fay and how the change mm-hmm. they made and, 
you know, she kind of precipitated the Green Knight coming because she needed, she felt like he, she needed to kick her kid out of the nest, but then it kind of resulted in he potentially would die. And then this, it was just a, full of fantastic imagery. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's a movie that you, you watch it, you read about it, you watch it again and appreciate it even more. But just an absolutely yeah. stunning film. And, it, and I was so excited to see it based on what I had seen before. And it just did not, it, it, it it one thousand percent it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it is, this is one I, I kind of I was want I wanted us to do on the show because I was curious to know if you liked it as much as I did. Yeah, it's one million percent it's brilliant. Should not have been a thing that would have been in my wheelhouse. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so when I sat down to watch it, I was just like, "Well, that's a twenty-four. That's why I'm watching this." And uh, good lord, it, it it absolutely floored me with how good it was. And uh, I was like, "Oh shit!" And I, I I talked to to Jace, and he wasn't as big on it as I was. And I was like, "Oh fuck! I wish we'd have talked about it on the show because like I I've talked with nobody who's seen it." Yeah. So I didn't know if ever it hit everybody the way it did me. But oh man, my god! Yeah. I yeah. loved it. That it, was it, the it, too. it. Yeah. I mean, it, it hit it hit my eardrum like a slug to the chest. Like, I mean, it doesn't help, and I know it's not. But for me, but whatever, like, what I'm not gonna say this for you, but for me, it doesn't help that Deb Patel's fucking gorgeous. So, like, I will absolutely spend two hours watching that man because he is a snack, like one thousand percent. Like, like. <laughs> not why watch it, but okay. I am gonna lie. Whatever, do that. Whatever, <laughs> fucking dudes are hot. It's all good. Like, <laughs> All right, so this next one for me, in a movie, I mean, I saw a bunch of superhero movies this year, and I liked them, but this is the movie that made my list, and that is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, Mm. because as much as I like Marvel movies and whatnot, they still play by this very pat set of rules, and James Gunn made a movie about how the United States government will frequently fuck around in the affairs of smaller, less developed countries to get what they want from those countries and the people in them. And then once they get what they want and things turn in a way that's not advantageous for them, they say, fuck all y'all, and they peace the fuck out. Yeah. Even if the the people on the ground, the citizens, are now put in a situation where they are in danger, they are being hurt and, and 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 through no fault of their own. And this was a movie that looked at that square in the face and said, These people, these misfits, these criminals are have more empathy for folks than the US fucking government does. And yeah. they're gonna help out even when they probably shouldn't. They're going to turn their back and potentially die because they they know right from wrong. These fucking criminals know right from wrong better than the, the U.S. government. And they gave him money to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I said when this movie came out, like, I'm all – if we want to if we wanna just fucking kite man our way through all the C-list villains in the DC canon, I'm fucking here for it because – what David Dalmatian did, I probably butchered his name, with Polka Dot Man was a fucking right. revelation. Like, yeah. you made me be sympathetic about Polka Dot Man and Star of the Conqueror in the same fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. laughed my ass off. Yep, it was one of the funniest things of the year. Yeah, it, it was really high on the year for me, too. And it, I mean, and I- it allowed 
Harley okay. Quinn to have a character arc starting from the first Suicide Squad to Birds yeah. of Prey to this showing growth on her yeah. behalf and and it's yeah. like letting her be the person she she wasn't perfect but she's trying to be better and made moves towards being better mm-hmm. but then also had all this fucked up body horror and gore yeah. and <laughs> and uh, Idris Elba and I, I mean like what is there not to love it, I even like it, John Cena and I never liked John Cena yeah so. yeah I loved it I mean if if I had to pick a superhero movie to watch uh, in, in 2020 it was is Suicide Squad hands down nice Nice. Um, all right. So next for me uh, is um, a little indie that ended up like I love this when these movies get like released by people like Arrow and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah. man, how did that happen? You know, kind of thing. Um, by um, someone I've known on the internet for a very long time. Uh, she goes by Jill Six most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I don't even, I'm not even going to attempt to butcher her last name. Uh, and that's the stylist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we talked about it on the show. I absolutely love this movie. It was uh, Najara Townsend was absolutely incredible in it. And yeah, we saw her in something else too. I just can't remember the name of it. Yeah, and it was like right afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember either. But but anyway, uh, um, absolutely love this movie about a you know a hairdresser who who becomes obsessed with her clients and their lives and wants to live their kind of lives, but she has you know obviously some mental issues and some social anxiety things going on and and it takes a you know she <laughs> becomes a murderer essentially mm-hmm. um the only the only kind of thing was the super predictable ending but yeah you know other than that i mean the ride to get to the ending was so fucking good like i i, I can overlook knowing what was going to happen right right it was uh dementia part two <laughs> that's what we watched that's right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah yep yep Okay, so th- this next one for me is one that I, uh, based on the the previous uh, kind of iteration of this movie and based on me bouncing off the book like super hard in high school, I it's fully expected not to enjoy it at all, and that is uh, Dune. Um, and, yeah. and the fact that knowing, when I went into this, knowing that it was just the first part, and I didn't even know if we would get a second one, but like mm-hmm. the, I mean, just the everything about this movie to me just was fantastic. Like Timothy uh, or Timothy, however you pronounce the name, Chalamet was amazing as Paul Atreides, but also like mm-hmm. just the scope. Like when we see a sandworm for the first time and this thing is like yeah. <laughs> 40, 50, 60 feet. Its mouth is, it's not something that you just ride on the back. Like it's a giant, pony right like i mean it is fucking massive and it's like the scope of this movie and 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 the scale of it and it was just absolutely like i was blown away like i mean i loved it it is a long movie it is a dense movie there is a lot going on (laughs) but i still and when i was done i was like i cannot wait to see the next one i know i i hope that we're in a position for me to see the next one where I can see it in a theater, in an IMAX theater, and I will 1,000%, if they are smart, they'll release this fucking first one again before the mm. second one, and I will pay money to see them both because it was that good, and it was to see this on IMAX I think would have been amazing. Yeah, I, it didn't make my list, but I, and I just watched it last week. Um, mm-hmm. 
um, you know, it was one of those things I, I liked the director. I knew it was going to be, if nothing else, a, a spectacle, a cinematic yeah. spectacle. Like, you know, the set pieces and the cinematography and the costumes and just everything about it looked awesome. And even yeah. if the movie kind of didn't hit for me, I knew I would, I would be able to at least stare at the pretty pictures for three hours or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but holy shit, was it good. I was yeah. surprised how much I liked it. Um, and it was, it was cool because, uh, Lindy is a, she, the biggest Dune fan that I know. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really talked. I mean, we just don't talk much anymore. Um, like we used to. And so I was texting her while I was watching it. Um, which was cool, you know, to get her. She obviously saw it as soon as it came out. And so, yeah. you know, getting her perspective and getting some, cause I haven't read the book. I don't give a shit about the book. I actually asked for the book for Christmas from my dad because I needed to give him, he doesn't do online shopping. So I needed a book. He could actually like go into Barnes and Noble to buy. And I was like, fuck it. I bounced off Dune in high school in part because the guy who recommended it to me is like my best friend at the time. was like a f- giant fucking asshole. So I think that had something. And I was like, you know what? Let me give it a try. If I don't like it, I don't care, but I would love to to know kind of because my understanding is like this movie is like the first like third or two thirds of the book. There's yeah. still like a lot to go, so right. Yeah, that's kind of what she was telling me. She was giving me a little yeah. some of the little ins and outs of the characters and things that didn't make it into the movie and stuff like that. So it was just like overall the viewing experience is what made it, you know, really cool for me. Yeah. Um, I mean not that the movie wasn't good, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. So I've got I've got three left. I, don't know I have six left. So let me let me go through a few of mine because I'm I'm fairly certain um, they're not going to be on your list. Um, okay. So the next one. Uh, this is one I can see this being a movie that I watch every Christmas, um, and that is um, Spencer. Mm. Um, so a bunch of these kind of came in hot for me, uh, at the end of the year. So Spencer is kind of this, um, fictionalized portrayal, uh, directed by Pablo Larry and written by Stephen Knight, uh, three days, uh, over Christmas of Diana, Princess of Wales, um, at kind of the, the Royals mansion for Christmas while she's dealing with the fact that, you know, uh, Prince Charles was having an affair and, and her relationship with her kids. Uh, Kristen Stewart, who's one of my favorite actors working today, she's just an amazing, just dynamic actress, does a fucking bang-up job as as um, Diana Princess Wales. And it's like, it's you know that it's completely fictionalized, and you know that there's a bunch of weird shit, but it's also just absolutely heartbreaking to see how this woman felt just trapped and controlled in this life and not wanting the same thing for her boys and kind of now seeing how those boys have grown up and the paths that both have chosen, you know, one was just like, fuck it. These Royals destroyed my mom's life. I'm out. And then the other one kind of falling into the same pattern of like infidelity and all that shit. And it's like kind of fascinating to watch in that context, but also just a great, great, movie and weird and loving and just beautiful and I, I loved it like i can see myself watching it every christmas because it's that good um so speaking of i i was going to ask you um I, we didn't talk about it on the show but did you see silent night i have not watched it i've heard great things about it i've not watched it yet yeah it didn't make my list but i will say if you're looking for some a downer of a christmas movie yeah it certainly fits that bill and it was really fucking good yeah 
Yeah. Okay, so the next one is is the last movie that I watched in 2021 and one of the best movies and I had been it took me too long to watch it and that is uh Minari. Um oh, so, I seen. you know Minari was nominated uh last year. Um mm-hmm. it it um you know starring Steven Ewan uh, in a fucking crackerjack performance written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, you know about Steven Ewan plays this guy um named Jacob who brings his family to Arkansas because he wants to essentially start a farm. He sees, you know, kind of Koreans emigrating to kind of the deep South and thinking, Hey, if I start a farm and I grow Korean vegetables, then I can supply Korean groceries in that area rather than having to get, um, you know, uh, their, their produce from California. Him and his wife are chicken sexers where they, they, they find, they, determine apparently determining the sex of chicks is very difficult so they're kind of work at the the chicken processing plant doing that but then also like then you know her mom comes to visit his his wife is not on board this plan but then you know his it it also sort of focuses on jacob but also jacob's young son david um and then you know their uh, their grandmother comes uh, to visit and, and kind of where things go from there. Yu Jung Soon is Sunya. It's just an absolute. Um, it's an amazing. It stayed with me for days. I would keep telling my wife, "Oh no!" Then there's this part, and then there's this part, and then there's this part. Just a beautiful film, and I mean, it just like it, like it, it just stayed with me. I just well, all I wanted to do after I saw it was just talk about it. I mean, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I, I'm kind of kicking myself that I waited so long to watch it, but I'm glad that I did because it's yeah. just a brilliant, brilliant film. Nice. I, I gotta watch it. It's just been like, like you, it's been on my list for way too long. It's just one of those things that I just haven't gotten to it. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I'll do one more so that we both have three. Uh, and this next one is, you know, it's kind of one of the, I saw it on a lot of people's like worst of lists and I don't really understand it, but that is, um, wrath of man. Um, so Guy Ritchie, you know, typically doing kind of the jokey type stuff and like the gentleman left me completely cold. Like I love, you know, um, Matthew McConaughey as, as much as the next guy, but I just did not like that movie. So for Guy Ritchie to kind of do his, you know, kind of heist movie, but also like piecing together what is this guy's deal? You know, Guy Ritchie as this kind of guy who just takes a job, um, you know, as a as an armored car driver, uh, and then trying to piece together like what is this guy's deal? It seems like there's more to him than meets the eye. You know, what is happening? And it's like it's not the typical kind of Guy Ritchie jokey movie, but I fucking loved it. And I and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's down, it's dour, it's like there's no charisma." And I I don't I don't I think that's 100% incorrect. I think you've got to go into this not as a Guy Ritchie movie, but just trying to piece together like what is Jason Statham's deal, and and then when it all kind of comes together, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like it just it all clicked and it made sense, and I fucking loved it. Um, I went into it thinking it was going to be another like Jason Statham, you know, kind of B movie action film where he's because right. he's really great at that stuff. But sure. I mean, it was so much more than that, and and I I loved it. Nice, yeah, I didn't see it. I wanted to, but I didn't. I didn't get around to it. All right, so now that we both have three, uh, yeah. I'll let, oh, no. <clears throat> let you All right. go ahead. Uh, so this one is one for me that uh, I knew I was going to love it from the minute I heard it was being made. 
um, big fan of these guys. It was the it used to be the Astron Six guys um, mm-hmm. that did the editor, and they did Father's Day, and and uh, it's a uh, Psycho Goreman. Uh huh. I knew uh, it. <laughs> absolutely love this movie and all of its insanity and just over the top. You know, kind of a Saturday morning, yeah, cartoon kind of ridiculous stuff but man it was fucking hilarious <clears throat> i laughed at the the gps scene good god <laughs> i laughed until i cried at that shit <laughs> i just absolutely loved it and you know the the gore was amazing yeah uh, the the practical suits were amazing mm-hmm. is everything about it was so and even the, like the little girl didn't annoy me like usually that was yeah people that did complain but like the the kids that were was annoying. one of my complaints i remember yeah, but it uh, didn't didn't bother me. I thought they I thought it was all great. I thought that everything the performances I thought fit the tone of the movie just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I, I love everything these guys do though. So it, it was preordained that I was going to fall in love with this movie. And I absolutely did. Yeah, and the 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 creature design and the like the council like all the the, the mm-hmm. variety of the aliens and then that practical stuff like it reminded me of the Power Rangers show, but in a great yeah. way. Like how like these were people in practical suits, but there was like the way they all were portrayed this completely outlandish, you know, like whatever you think of an alien species would look like, just magnify that by like a billion. (laughs) And and I mean, they just looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hunky Um, boys. Yeah. Okay. One of the most quotable things of the year for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Hunky boys. Okay. Okay, so this last movie for me, uh, you know, Netflix kind of, and there's still like a bunch, like the, the harder they fall, I still need to watch that. There's still a bunch of Netflix stuff I haven't watched, sure. uh, but this last one, a Netflix joint, I was looking forward to it, did not disappoint, and that is uh, the Power of the Dog. So mm-hmm. Jane Campion's latest, uh, you know, set at uh, kind of the the beginning of the nineteenth or sorry twentieth century. Uh, you know Montana Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and um, Jesse Plemons play brothers who are ranchers, um, and uh, you know they they you can tell that they're kind of pulling apart from each other, uh, but yet you know Je- Benedict Cumberbatch is still kind of like violently fighting it. Jesse Plemons end up ends up marrying um, his real life wife uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, playing Rose Gordon, who's got uh, Cody Smith McPhee as her young son, who does a fucking bang up job, and you know Benedict Cumberbatch, just the 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 abuse, not physical, but the the <coughs> barbs, the the withering glares, the the cutting remarks that he heaps upon you know Rose and and Rose's son, and the way that Rose turns to the bottle for that, and the way that you know Jesse Plemons' character is just completely powerless to to deal with it, and just and then it just becomes this thing, this this where you're you're just it it just was an amazing film, and then watching how you know Cody Smith Fee kind of navigates that and starts to learn who Benedict Cumberbatch is and, and, and it kind of starts to ingratiate himself with him. And you know, you, but you're scared the whole time is like, what is going to ha- How is this all going to explode? What is this going to turn into? Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, an absolute, it's, it's like when it ends, it's a, you're just like, holy shit. But it's like, 
it's not in like this typical though just violent gore fest it's just this slow just relenting unrelenting pressure powder keg of a movie you know mm-hmm. watching these people all navigate with each other where they're all just deeply deeply unhappy with who they are and and w- their circumstances but it was fucking amazing absolutely yeah. and the, the, it was like on netflix i was like what <laughs> i mean yeah. just absolutely brilliant just a brilliant yeah. film i love it it'll be one of the for my first watches this year like i've, I've just heard too many great things about it to, yeah to ask. i was i didn't even know anything about it uh, before yeah it was I, I heard it was like Bunnett a Cumberbatch in a Western directed by the woman who did the piano. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep, be there. I watched it the day it came out, which for me is like rare. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm more likely to do that on Shudder than anything else I've found out. And not only because Shudder is the only thing that work hasn't blocked, but just yep. because um, that's just my taste. Where my taste line typically end up on Shudder. Um all right, so before we started, you asked just what was my favorite thing of the year. And as I've gone through the list, I don't know why I didn't say this, but this if the, what I told you wasn't my favorite thing of the year, this would have been my favorite movie of the year, uh, and that is The Night House. That was – okay, that's that's one of the ones left for me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we talked about it already, but uh, just, you know, from um, – the obviously David Bruckner – is like the, you know, uh, the ritual put him mm-hmm. really high on my list of like people that I watch everything they do, and so when you tell me that he's directing the the next movie written by uh, Ben Collins and Luke Petrasky who did Super Dark Times, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I don't even yeah. give a shit what the premise. I don't even want to know what the premise is, right? Yeah, and I keep going into it. Um, and then Rebecca Hall was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. She, I mean, the fact that like horror is so consistently overlooked at award season is a fucking yeah. sham because it she yep. deserves an Oscar for her performance because it was fucking brilliant. I actually made my wife watch the scene where the woman, the mother, comes in yes. asking. Yeah. I was like, "You need to watch this because it's." Fu- I mean, you need to watch her face. You need to like every yep. part of this is a fucking masterclass. I wish I could do anything in my life as good as Rebecca Hall fucking nailed that scene. It is that yep. good. Yep. Yeah, she's like, well, this year's, um, um, what's her name from The Visible Woman? Oh, uh, um, uh, God damn, yeah. But, yeah. And, Eliz- and, uh, Elizabeth, um, shit. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. And then, you know, like, Tony Collette, um, yeah. The year before that, like, there's just this like string of performances that are being Elizabeth Moss. Ignored. Yes. Um. Yeah. And Tony Collette before that. Yep. It's just there's like there's been a string of these performances that are completely yes. ignored. And fucking yes. sucks. Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I remember talking to my wife about this movie, and I was so mad. My wife and I, we don't fight very often. We've just been together too long. We've just kind of learned to navigate around each other to not have fights, which is what you're supposed to do, right? Like. That's the thing. When you've been married a long time, you don't have new fights. You have the same fight all the. You have the, you have the same three fights, <laughs> right? Like, so for the most part, like, and I always my big thing, and she she always needles me about it as I say, I'm not gonna get into all that, but I get into all that. Like, I a thousand percent get into all that. Today, I was talking about something I fucking hate, and I couldn't even remember. 
about cyberpunk because uh, I'm almost done with it. And I was like, I'm not going to get into all that. And she laughed. She's like, you don't even remember all that. But you can't even tell me what it is, but you're trying to explain it. So I was trying to explain to her the big kind of twist at the end of the night house. And she was like, I, you don't need to explain it all to me. I just want to know what the twist is. And I was so mad because I was like, no, I have to explain it because it's so fucking good. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, she thought her husband was this and it was this. And she's like, okay, perfect. I was like, no, what? No, that's not even it. Like, what do you know? Like, I was so mad because I was like, I wanted to get into all that because it was like so worth getting into. Right, exactly. Like the, you're not reacting the way you should be. Exactly. Like, like, you fucking sit down because you're going to watch this shit. And you better like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brilliant fit. I love it. I love it. You know, it's so good. Um, okay, so this last movie for me, again, like we talked about, it's not a countdown. It just happens to be the last one. But I loved this movie, and I know... You didn't like it as much as I did because you were bored at the beginning, uh, and I was not. And that is uh, Malignant. Um, mm. <laughs> so, you know, James Wan, you know, kind of coming off all these, like, moody conjurings and whatnot, decides, like, hey, how about I take every fucking thing and I take body horror and, and I take, you know fucking mad scientists and slashers and memory loss and then I throw it all together and then I make a twist almost literally uh, that has you going what the fuck (laughs) and add to it a fantastic physical performance and then I just go balls to the wall how's that sound and I was like yeah how about you do that? I love this movie. It was like it was so campy and stupid, and then like the use of color in this movie and the close-ups and just the the, the way he directed things. And it is slow at the beginning, but then once it fucking hits, Jesus Christ, it hits and it goes from there. Um, insane. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely yeah, absolutely crazy. And I I I still at this point I'm like I don't quite get the electricity part, but okay, whatever. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Whatever. He's somehow electro. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Or shocker, I guess, would be the better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I tell you, here's the thing. Like, I don't know. I really wish it had opened in almost any other way. It, it didn't make my list. I, I didn't. I ended up like I didn't dislike it. But yeah. man, the, the beginning, I was just like, ugh, another one of these. And uh, holy shit, it's not another one of these. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I was like, kind of in it from the beginning because that it the whole th- it, it just really kind of sucked me in. When I was like, oh shit, what did they do to this kid? Like, what you know? I mean, right. um, but um, I also can see why. Like, you know, if you've watched enough movie, whatever, that it wouldn't grab you. But for me, yeah, it just was like, yep, let's see how this goes. Oh. And, I certainly appreciate where it went by the end. I was like, holy yeah. shit, that was fucking cool. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, so I just have the one more thing. And like we talked about before we started recording, it's not a – I guess it's technically not a movie. Um, and that's Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. uh, the, the new hotness from Mike Flanagan, who in Flanagan we trust can do no wrong. You yeah. Know, uh, <laughs> one of the – my mo- like absolute hands-down favorite filmmakers or just person doing anything yeah. that I enjoy, you know, uh, lately. Um, you know, and it's, it's, 
it's I guess it's kind of a six hour movie because it's not like there's not a sequel, right? It's like it's yes. one story and it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? It's just six hours long or however many episodes it was. Yes. Uh, but you know, for it to be what it is, and I you know, I I guess we could say what it is, right? It's a vampire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was you know, it was so funny that I, I knew I didn't even know that. Like I went into it completely not knowing anything. And then the show itself, you know, you're what? three four hours in before you realize that's kind of what's going on um but man just it, it, it for to be so talky for so long i was hanging on everybody's right favorite. and I, and you know it's funny you mentioned that because i i read it like an end of year list somebody was like midnight baths like who would have thought two people in a church you know particularly zach guilford um and um um uh Ham- hamish link later yeah, just these two guys talking about faith and 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 the burdens that that if you believe in God, God puts on you and 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 the framing at least of back and forth between the two and like I was the same. Like, who would have thought you could make just two people in in a church talking about these things so fucking enthralling? Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, I certainly uh, uh, Hamish Linklater. Like, I think. We talked about performances all night, but that's hands down is my favorite performance of the year. Yeah. He was absolutely phenomenal as Father Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I love Kate Siegel. Like, you know, yeah. she's high up there for me. I'll watch most of like, most anything she does. Um, and she's always fantastic. And I thought she was, you know, that this was no exception. She was great in this. Yeah. Um, love the fucking, holy shit, the ending. Just, yeah. Uh, I said it was St. Maud, but you want to talk about. Just yeah. a, a haunting ending. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, all all of the performances were were great. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's hard not to find. I mean, there's just, all of them were were fantastic. I mean, Raul Coley. I mean, he he was yeah, fantastic. He was, was, I sure. wanted more of him, but yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, Sheriff Hassan, Samantha Sloan as Bev Keen. Bev bringing those, you know, big the mist. Um, oh, you know, Mrs. Carmody. Mrs. She Carmody. Yeah. Carmody for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's just a great, like, I mean, it, it's like, you know, it's one of those things where like, I mean, I, I knew I was going to watch it anyway, but like, you know, so many times like people start talking about stuff on Netflix and then I go to watch it. I'm like, I don't get it. Like I always end up being behind. What I've learned is that like, if people are talking about something that is like really, really good on Netflix and then I don't watch it when they're talking about it, just to not bother. Cause like I watched Squid Game and I was like, I don't get it. Like I just, it was fine. Um, like whenever he was talking about Tiger King, we watched it like later on. And I was like, these people are all fucking idiots. Why am I watching this? Uh, and I knew Mike Flanagan would do a good job because like we've loved all the stuff he did before. But it was like I'm so glad. Like well, as soon as it came out, I just started watching it because I didn't want anybody else's discourse around it or anything. I just wanted, obviously aside from you, but I just wanted, I wanted to be able to go into it and watch it and enjoy it and take it apart based on nothing other than my experience with it and and it was so good i mean it mm-hmm. was it was so good and i love <laughs> the one i don't remember what the different the, the the ending of the episodes was but it was one episode ends with zach gilford explaining everything to kate siegel in a boat <laughs> yeah. yeah and then the thing <laughs> happens and that's oh, where it gosh. ends and then it starts the next episode with that reaction and i thought yeah. that was fucking brilliant that's yep. her screaming her lungs out in a rowboat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was so good because 
I just once what happened to him happened, I thought, oh, okay, they're gonna go away, and they didn't. And I was just like, oh man. I mean, there was, you know, in a lot of ways, it kind of followed some um, kind of predictable, uh, you know, paths. But in so many ways, it didn't, and it was so nice to see. Certainly, by the end, it, it for sure did. Yeah, but yeah. But no, absolutely good. And there was actually a lot of good kind of horror TV. Like I, I had mentioned this before, but like the the sci-fi series, the Chucky series, was really, really good. I gotta um, watch that. Everybody and I mean, it pulled from all of the movies, not the reboot, mm-hmm. not the recent one, but like Seed and Bride, and you know, Meg mm-hmm. Tilly was in it. And I mean, it just went. And I mean. You know, fucking Brad Dorff, you know, was was in yeah. it, and Fiona Dorff was in it, and it's like, I mean, they just went hard. They were like, no, this Chuck- Chucky has a whole fucking universe of films, and we're pulling from all of them, and you're just like, okay, yeah, and it was so good. I got to watch it, um, and uh, yeah, and I was really surprised, but I mean, there was just, you know, it's funny because we, I think with everything that happened this year, it's like it was kind of easy to feel like there wasn't a lot of good stuff to watch but there really was yeah um you know and and as we talked about you know even when we talk about movies that we're not a fan of um you know the fact that anybody is able to get out of bed in the morning and create something and and put together all of the moving parts involved in making a movie is a, is a miracle in and of itself Right. Um, so so even if there's stuff that we watched that didn't make it on this list if 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 in the year of our lord 2021 you found the uh the 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 energy and the the, the wherewithal to make something to put out in front of people then fucking yeah. god love you hats off to you because you know there were so many times when it's like everything kind of sucks but i can watch this thing and for an hour and a half or two hours you know kind of forget that it all sucks and 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 enjoy myself so um and i think that you know last year and this year and you know probably what's going to look like the beginning half of at least this this year uh, you know it's like we kind of need that um so um yeah and there's so many things that we didn't talk about towards the end of the year that you know uh yeah. I mean, we talked about a lot, but I'm I'm sure that there's still stuff that we could pull from if we wanted to at the beginning of. Oh, yeah. It's time to get into those lists now for me. Like I, you know, so far I've looked at a few and I've saw I've seen most of the things. Yeah. That listed, yeah. But there's still a few things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was kind of you know doing my usual thing and I was like, oh, there's way more overlap than I remember. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but I think it's because yeah, I kind of made it a point more so than in in previous years. Um, but yeah, so that that's all the stuff that that we watch, and and everything that we watched is available in one place or another. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything that we mentioned that it's like you can't, you know, you can't watch at home and and right. in some capacity. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, that was really fun. I, I I I said to my wife that I was like, I I really like these shows because you know obviously every episode we come together and we're talking about something that we both watch but this is the one time i get to hear about stuff that maybe i haven't watched um Mm. 
you know that you get to talk about um and and i get to add stuff to my to my list and this this time was no different so yeah same Um, here like i mean certain things i might not have even watched but like you know this this show always gives gives me a kind of a jump on things to watch you know at least the beginning of the of the year because sometimes it feels like kind of like i said you know we do the lists and i and i watch the things that on other people's lists but uh you know, sometimes those things are kind of hit or miss, but typically you and I align on most things. So this show always gives me a a nice little plate of things to start the year with, at least. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, this has been episode 138. Uh, this is our, our favorite movies of 2021. And uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, what we talk about and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple of weeks and talking about some more exciting movies. I know that um, the Eternals hits Disney's plus and I know you're not an MCU fan, but I am super interested in watching this movie because of like how uneven the response to it was. And that's just kind of where I am right now where I'm like, I think I'd much rather watch a movie like that people are hit or miss on than something that's like a slam dunk. Um, I can't because, wait. Cause it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kind of like, I, I'm like, I love, you know, uh, you know the the Watch woman who love it. That's who what I'm. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like Matrix Resurrection. Like I see all these people like that movie sucked, and I was like, I fucking love that movie. I don't know if that means it was good. I think my wife and I talked about it a bunch after we watched it. And I was like, I fucking loved it. And she's like, I don't think it was very good. I was like, I don't either, but I fucking loved it. <laughs> right. I can keep two completely separate thoughts in my head at the same time. I'm an I'm an adult. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so this has been uh, episode 138 divided by werewolves. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, uh, and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night. (laughs) 